Okay. All right. We're back with another episode of Bigfoot Revival. I am your host, Sasquatch, and joining me today as normal is the man, the myth, the legend, the cooler. We'll, pull, we'll dust that one off, son. <laughs> the Yeti. That's me. That's you. That's, That's me. You. Yeah. All day, every day. That was so anti-clinic. <laughs> Wasn't it? <though? laughs> Especially for the new music uh, that we got going uh, on. How'd y'all like that new music? We thought it was pretty good ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if anybody wants uh, to comment on the new music, this is what we want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, forgive us for our immaturity. <laughs> it happens. All right. So, so we have a new episode of Bigfoot Revival. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about prayer. But before we jump into it, before everybody's like, oh, well, uh, they said prayer. Tune it out. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into <laughs> it, we have a handful of new people to shout out to for the uh, for liking us on Facebook, right? Yeah, we do. And I am in the process of pulling it up right now because I wasn't quite ready. Oh, my bust. <laughs> Let's see here. Bam. There it is. Yeah, we had quite a lot this week. We had we had quite a lot two weeks ago. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Because, Y'all just keep on, man. Yeah, because uh, we'll, of, uh, we'll be known by somebody one day, <laughs> eventually, maybe, quite possibly. <laughs> Anywho, all right, we got a handful of these. I'm going to go ahead and read them out. Uh, you got Tim L. Santoema. Forgive me if I pronounced that wrong, Tim. Oh, you did. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Cavlock, Gus Barrett, Catherine Register. Hey, Landon Kennedy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. Andrew Suncrat. Hey, the Super Sleuth. Uh, Caleb Harrelson. Brent Pekenschneider. Taylor Brooke Wade Leonard. Timothy Turner. Robin Wilson. Carrie Lewis. Stephen Burley. Matt Baldwin. And Robert Kunz. So, 15? I didn't count. It was a bunch. Right. So there's a handful. <laughs> For you handful who have liked us this week, we want to show you our appreciation with a good old fashion. That's going to be a thing for a while now. <laughs> That's uh, brought to you by Mrs. Squatch. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to talk about prayer today because we look around in what's going on in our society. And most people say, yeah, well, you know, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need mm. to pray. But do we really do we really understand that? Do we really have a comprehension of what we're doing when we're praying? Right. Who we're praying to, right? I mean, how many conferences have been done about how to pray to the Trinity? Right. And not just one person or the other. Um, I have a kind of a different point of view on that. Oh? Yeah. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later if okay. we get into it. Um, then, 
uh, how does how does how to have effective prayer? Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there's a lot of these things in which need to be answered. Um, most people, I think, uh, they just kind of say something. Right. It's almost like they just kind of throw it up in the air. If God catches it, they do. He does. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. Right. Right. There's other people who have the kind of thing to where they only pray for what they want. Mm. They have no ability to pray for God's will. And they would say that if you, you know, you say, you know, you shouldn't pray for Mima to be cured of cancer. Cause then you tell, if you throw out there that, 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 that she has cancer, right. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a bad, you know, but she does have cancer. No, 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 no. She's winning a fight against, it's like, hold on, hold on. Oh no. She has cancer. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah, you denying it doesn't help. So, you've got yeah. those kinds of people, uh, and I and I, I I knew a handful of those, and and it it makes it hard to just face the facts. Sure, I, I remember yeah. saying something like, "I think I think I got bad allergies," and they would look at you and say, "Don't say that." Yeah, don't say that because they honestly believed it. If you said, "Hey, I'm acknowledging what's happening to my body." Um, that you were asking for that, that spirit to mm-hmm. come upon you, you know? So anyways, that's some of that crazy superstition. Mentality well, it's, too. it's that extreme charismatic yeah. stuff. I ain't talking about your average Pentecostal. I'm talking about that extreme yeah, yeah, yeah. charismatic, um, to where uh, a lot of the TBN type stuff. Mm. And let us not forget the, uh, Facebook uh, prayer request where someone will say, I've got this need and some, it can either be spoken or unspoken. God knows the needs. Please pray. And you get the little hands together emoji and praying. And yeah, yeah, yeah. some of those people, you know, may actually hit their knees and start praying for these people. But a lot of them, yeah. that, that little uh, post that they did is as far as that prayer got. Yeah. But, well, even people who claim to be Christians struggle with the same thing everybody else does. And that's, uh, show wanting to to look like they're doing something when they're not. Mm. That's true. I, I, for that very reason, well, that very reason, and I'm forgetful. Um, when somebody says, "Hey, will you pray for me, son?" Right then and there, on the phone, in person, I'm going to be praying for you right then and there with you. That's the best way to do it. Um, because and I I, I tell people too. Sometimes I forget. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I forget. I'm very fo- focus minded on a lot of areas, and that causes me to forget a lot of stuff that I heard this morning. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I. But, um, I'm thinking about this right now. So I may not be praying for that right, right now. So go ahead and pray for it right then and there. So, um. That's number one thing, I suppose. What is the... All right, let's start here. Let's start here. What does the world say about prayer? The the world says that it's, that it's good to pray, but it's... Okay. That's about it. All right, so um, my thought went to uh, these politicians... Uh, the last school shooting that I remember, the politicians were saying, we don't want your thoughts and prayers. We really? want the guns taken out of the schools. Um, is that right? Is that right? You know, um, uh, then you also hear, 
Uh, and that, I mean, that came out of a lot of so. I mean, like, uh, what's her name? Rachel Maddow. People like that on the news. Then, right before the riot, right before the riot, a man who's supposed to be a, a Methodist pastor goes up, prays to a Hindu god. Oh, you talking about Brahma, the Capitol riot? And ends it with yeah. a man and a woman. Yeah, right. And then the uh, was it the very next day? I think it was the very next day. There's a man with a buffalo hat on, standing where in in the seat, like the main mm-hmm. president's seat, not right. the president, but the over the the Capitol, um, standing there, getting his pictures taken. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but the world doesn't take prayer seriously because that's why we came up with no. sayings like our thoughts and prayers are our with thoughts you. Are pra- and well, some you know, people the, even have dropped the prayer tag off and just said our thoughts are with you. Our thoughts are with you. You're what thinking are your, about me. What's, what good is that, though? Nothing. And nothing. From the prayers of a pagan, what good is that? Well, it's secular. All right, so we've said this before. Secularism is a religion. Mm-hmm. With the with the philosophy at its root of uh, postmodernism, in other words, things don't matter. There's only the physical. Okay. Yeah. And this secular line of thought says prayer does no good because there is no spiritual realm. Mm. So to appease both the the religious and the secularist, they said thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Right. They they said thoughts and prayers. Well, then somebody says, you know what? I don't even care about the religious anymore because they're getting that extreme. They say, our thoughts are with you. Well, even they'd have to admit that your thoughts are ridiculous. Like, like who cares if you're thinking about me? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that, that doesn't matter, really. So it's this prayers it, have, prayers are lifting you up to a deity that is sovereign. Yeah. To, to benefit your life for his glory. Thoughts are if man is the highest thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Secularism, man is what's worshipped. Uh-huh. Self, thing. that just means that since I am the highest thing in my my worldview, you being in my thoughts is a great honor for you. Wow. And, yeah, and, and it's been like a uh, a gradual down. Yeah, 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 downfall, yeah. just a downgrade. Well, I we're guess. seeing it, and, I, and I'm, I've been trying to talk to people in our church about this. Um, you're seeing the the rise of the secular nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's been a battle for a while, but you're starting to see the rise of the secular nation, which puts people like us as the subculture. Yeah, and subcultures tend to have a lot of influence in America. So, I mean, okay. I, blame it on my optimism, but <laughs> I don't think we're all screwed, right? right? I think there is, um, God is still working in America. I still think God is, but right now, um, there may be some pruning going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of false believers, false churches, that kind of stuff. And there just might be a lot of pruning going on so that when God goes to move in another 10, 50, 100, 200 years that, um, we'll be prepared. And we'll be able to move forward. Now, a lot of people would say 10 years, you know, one, five, 10, I kind of maybe. 
100, 200, 300 years in the future. Look, I'm not I'm not telling God when to come back. Yeah. I'm not telling God. That's that's up to him. So I'm going to be prepared for hundreds of years in the future and not just today. Right. We work as if it's going to be hundreds of years and we're not going to yeah. be here to see it. Yeah, that's because he's he's told us to. Right. I mean, I mean the way he talks, I mean, the way Christ talks is look, be prepared for today, plan for tomorrow. Mhm. I mean, so anyways, <clears throat> so uh when 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 the world looks at prayers, they're looking at something useless. When they look at thoughts, they're placing themselves as the highest deity. That's a good point. And that you should be honored and thankful that that I would consider you throughout my day. Uh and then you've got the the I don't know I don't know what I don't have a name for it or anything, but the guy who just says, uh Well, it goes back to what you're talking to Facebook. The guy who just says, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be praying. Yeah. I'll be praying. And then they never pray. It's almost they like never an pray. afterthought. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's, they say it. If you were to ask them, they'd say, "Oh yeah, I believe in prayer," but then they never do it. Right. And I would say that. I mean, I'd honestly put that into the bulk of people who are Christian. Yeah, the bulk of people who are Christian. You also say, um, I think one of the, if it was only Christians who used the word prayer, I think they'd have got rid of it by now. But because uh, you can say prayer for Hindu or uh-huh. the Indian gods all these or other false gods. all these false yeah. gods. That you can also pray to, that they leave it in there. Right. I I I, I may be wrong about that, but I think that's what it is. That I mean, that they makes sense. Allow to be able to be prayed to false gods. That's where you go back to that that cat who's supposed to be a Methodist preacher praying to a false god in the Congress building. Yeah. And then surprised when the Congress building gets taken over. Yeah. Well, you can't mock God. God will not be mocked. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, we we. I, I think that's kind of what you're seeing from the the aggressive um, secular side and the the false gospel side, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> you also have the mentality that comes. Uh, uh, I'm praying to God as if He's Santa Claus. Right, right, right. And and if I pray to God and I say the right words and I do it the right way, then I will get whatever I want. I will get whatever I want. So um, I want someone to, to be healed. I pray in a certain way. They're healed. Um, and then when they're not, it's your fault. You didn't have enough faith, right? Mm, you got that yep. kind of thing. Um, you've got people who only go to God not to give thanksgiving, not to give praise, but to only ask for whatever is on their heart. So they're not praying in the will of God, Right. And there's, uh, what Bible verse have we got that talks about praying in the will of God? I know we've got something. We wrote it down. Well, you've got First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. We've covered that one before. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in yeah. Christ Jesus. So let's stop right there, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that verse for a moment, where we say that pray continuously. Right, mm-hmm. give thanksgiving. What was that? what was the other one? I missed it. I'm sorry. Pray continually. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. No matter. We've talked about. We. I think we've kind of focused more on the rejoice always part of it when we mm-hmm. were talking about it before. But, um, 
we're to be continuously praying through the Spirit, having, re, being rejoicing and thanksgiving on our hearts all the time. Right. All the time. So even if someone dies, right, and you were praying for their healing, you rejoice. Now, that doesn't mean that you're over there and you're just like, oh, thank God they're burning in hell. Da, da, da. But you can say, God, you're a just and sovereign God. Mm-hmm. Who am I to uh, reject who you are for my benefit? And even though this person may have died and went to hell, you have saved me. And I am appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to see everyone else come to know you. But you have saved me. And there is rejoicing in that. Yeah. Right? There's there if nothing else, you can always go back to your salvation to find rejoicing in. Oh, and absolutely. if you can't do that, then then I'd I'd question I would definitely be praying and questioning my salvation if I can't go back and find joy in my salvation. Amen. All right. So um <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> um so we have to rejoice in our praying, have thanksgiving, moving moving uh uh having that relationship with Christ, being able to read his word and go to him, and it's not just gimme, 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 gimme. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, how many, how many relationships do you know that focus around "gimme, gimme, gimme, gimme," and you would say they're healthy? None, because you you've got being served at at the focal point of it. That's yeah. that's your yeah. main thing. It's selfish. Yeah, it's all about you. Yeah, and that doesn't go, work in any relationship. No, if you go into a relationship just being selfish, and if both parties go into it with an attitude of being selfish, then it's not going to do anything but just butt heads. Well, and that's primarily what's causing the high divorce rate today. There you go. Is we we go into marriage because you make me so happy. You make me Uh, feel a certain way. Never mind that, you know, things are going to change and Mm -hmm. you go into it with, with that mentality of, I'm being served by you, but eventually, you know, two selfish people are going to quit serving each other in that sense. And that's right. Hard times are going to come about. Money's going to get tight and it needs to, it still needs to be me serving you and not you serving me. And if both parties have that mentality, now that's, that's a rabbit bang shot. He's dead. We need, we need, a, we need, we need a, a sound effect, that, uh, a gunshot and yeah. then a rabbit going, <laughs> <laughs> a beagle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyways we go into prayer it, it, well let's change I, I, I just thought it was a, an infant has that relationship with its parent mm-hmm. right an infant has that relationship with its parent so if you've just come to Christ and, and you don't you know, you don't know no better. You're an infant in Christ. Of course. Maybe, maybe that's okay for a while, yeah. right? But you, you're supposed to grow and grow out of that. And whenever you do grow, you start seeing that. You say, I'm awfully uh, selfish yeah. here. Yeah. What can I do to serve? Yeah. And well, that's I the think Holy too, Spirit working too. You, 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 you're reading your Bible and you come across passages, right? Mm-hmm. 
And there are passages that say, hey, you don't have because you didn't ask. And you go, okay, yeah, well, I'm asking. Mm. But then you also have passages that talk about praying in the will of God. Right. All right, so now I know I need to be praying in the will of God. Then you come across passages that talk about if you're living in sin, God's not listening to your prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. And you start developing that theology of prayer. Some of us, I think, honestly, most Christians just think that uh, that God has to listen to us. Right now, he hears us because he's he's you know he's sovereign. Right, he's everywhere. But he it, the Bible says that he doesn't hear us in the sense of he's not listening to it. So if I'm saying this is a good example, dear Lord, help me lose weight as I pick up a Twinkie and shove it in my fat mouth. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what am I doing? First of all, I'm James. Uh, James chapter one. I think. Hold on, give me a second. Uh, let's try James chapter one, <laughs> verse six. But when you ask, you must ask. At you must, you must believe, and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Mm. So, if I'm saying God help me lose weight, and then eating a Twinkie. What am I doing? Well, first of all, I'm not believing that it helped me lose weight or I'd put down the Twinkie. Right. Right. Second of all, um, I'm not, I'm not trusting either that, either that, or I'm looking at God as the Santa Claus God. And I mm-hmm. think that he'll do it anyway. Right. Like I can eat all the Twinkies I want. There's a comedian that made a joke about that and said, dear Lord, turn this Twinkie. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly how it was, but it's like, turn this, uh, Twinkie into a carrot as it goes down into my gut, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and the whole idea was, you know, we, we pray these prayers, but we don't, we don't believe it. Yeah. We don't, our, our, we may say we believe it. We may even think that we believe it, but our actions should, should mimic that. Right. Mm. We say a lot of things are action words. All right. So love is an action word. Hope is an action word. Believe is an action word. These things that the world takes as passive things we say are active things. I think the same thing can be true with prayer. Right. You can say, Lord, please, please. And and we use this analogy for, for faith sometimes, but Lord, please don't let my chair fall out from underneath me and then never go sit down in it. Right, right, right. Right. Why? Because we don't really believe that he'll he'll do that. Right. So we just don't we just don't put faith in that and sit down. So prayer can be a a, a, a action. Oh, sorry. Prayer can be an action word as well in the sense of when we're praying for things, we need to start moving toward those things in our action and what we do in our behavior. Yeah. So that um, if I say, Lord, now I don't want to get too too charismatic on this. But if I say, Lord, help me lose weight, right? And and he said, and, and, and we know the Lord wants us to be healthy because your body's a temple type stuff, right? Right. So we know the Lord wants us to be healthy. We, we um, in the sense of a general healthiness about us, that doesn't mean we don't get sickness. And yeah, so I, I'm having to be very careful because I know a lot of people have Pentecostal back or yeah, Pentecostal and charismatic backgrounds. That so you're not telling everyone to go run and be a gym rat either. Yeah, yeah, but maybe maybe I need to go to the gym. 
Right. Right. Maybe I need to go to the gym. Maybe I need to eat more broccoli and less less uh, potatoes. Bunch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking potatoes, starches, rice. I love starches and rice personally. I and love they're, honey they're, buns. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the skinny one. <laughs> that don't so, mean I'm healthy. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to start doing these things. Why? Because I believe that God's going to help me lose weight or he's going to cause me to lose weight. And, and I'm going to start doing things to start losing weight. So your actions should reflect your prayer life. Yes. Yes. Sometimes God says no to him. We need to acknowledge when God says no. And see, that's that right there can be hard because whenever God says no, that can lead down a thought process of I'm going to ask for this, but he's not going to do it. Yeah. And then the more yeah. that happens, the more you're, you're praying gets lackluster, and then before it just ceases to exist and you're just putting little praying hands on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, that's 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 an issue. There are moments like when Peter was in jail mm-hmm. and the congregation was at the house, right? Yeah. And it's a funny it's a funny analogy and it kind of works against us to a certain extent. But they're at the house praying and an earthquake comes about. I think it was an earthquake or an angel. I'm getting some I'm getting some prison stories mixed up. Maybe both? Yeah. And uh anyway, Peter gets out. Yep. And he goes to the house, and he's talking about some. And a little girl answers the door. She's like, hey, it's Peter. And they're like, no, it's not. No, it must be his angel or his spirit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just saw a vision of old boy. And she got so excited, too, she slammed the door in his face and ran back. <laughs> hey, Peter's at the door, y'all. <laughs> Could you imagine just, like, this girl's crazy. Hey, Dorothy. Ah! <laughs> 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 Well, <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> so, so I mean, he's still beating at the door, uh, guys. But these, you know, in. these people are genuinely praying. They're genuine, and, and 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 they're putting their faith behind it. Now, what happens too is <laughs> when it happened, it didn't happen the way they expected it to. Right. So right. they didn't interpret it right. 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 And that happens a lot. That's that happens a lot. Too, God yeah. answering our prayers in a way that we don't expect. And so, um, you know, they didn't expect, they expected somebody to sign a decree to my, all right, we're, we're going to release Peter, you mm-hmm. know, or a judge saying, no, he's not guilty releasing. And what happens is God causes a miraculous miracle. He walks up to their door and they're like, no, he's still in prison. Right, because her brain is saying that he's in prison. She says different, and her brain just no, he's in prison. How can he be at the door? Right, but it turns out yes, he is at the door. Right, that also goes into being persistent in prayer. Mm. If you believe that God will answer a prayer, you have to be persistent in that prayer. Um, what Bible verse talks about that? We have a lot of prayer Bible verses pulled up for this, so we probably could have done a better job of organizing, but. Um. Well, even the one we just talked about from First Thessalonians, right, talks about that to pray yeah. without ceasing. Here's one: um, Romans twelve twelve says, "Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer." Yeah, yeah. So you you have Bible verses that talk about not ceasing to be faithful in prayer to continue owning these things. Mm-hmm. You also have prayer that talking about praying in God's will. Mm-hmm. So, 
for example, and this is a this is a blown up exaggerated example, but uh, we know we know for a fact that uh, praying prayers like Lord, can you can you uh, have a dime bag drop off on my front porch? Right, that's not glorifying God. No, that's not glorifying God. Uh, oh, I just thought of a good example. I can't remember the guy's name. There was a guy who ran. I think he was a hymn writer too, but he ran an orphanage, mm-hmm. and he would he'd set the table, waiting for food, and they would sit down and they would pray, "Lord, give us today our daily bread." expecting food to just be dropped off at the door because it was an orphanage and there was no, you know, they, they were poor and, and, and food was scarce. So they would, and, and when they didn't have an abundance of food, they, they'd set the table anyway Yeah, and pray for food. And then uh, yeah, you hush your mouth over there. You hear? So, uh, um, but, but the food would come. It, somebody probably knows the name of the, the story and everything. And like I said, it's just the story that popped into my head. So I'm not sure the name or, or the exact situation of that. But here you got an example of a guy who is praying for food for children. That's reasonable. We know God, God, not to say people don't starve, but there again, God, in a general sense, wants us to be healthy. He wants us to eat. He wants us right. to have that kind of stuff. Um, he says, uh, look at look at the lilies in the field, right? Mm. Aren't they dressed nicer than any kind of king? Won't I look out for you? And sometimes that doesn't look like what we expect it to, though. So, there you go. Was it okay. George Mueller? That Mueller? sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just had to look this up. He said the children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. House mother of the orphanage informed George Mueller. Uh, George asked her to take 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food and waited. George knew God would provide food for the children as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked at the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches for you. I'll bring it in. Amen. Amen, son. That's what happens with persistent, consistent. uh, I have to think the right motives, the right attitude, all of that. There's a difference between asking for drugs. There's a difference between asking for drugs. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'll give you another good example. How many people have been drunk to the point where they're hugging a toilet, throwing up, and thinking, Dear God, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll never do it again. Knowing daggone well, next weekend they're going to be doing that again. Well, not only they are praying to God, but in their prayer they are lying to God. They're lying to God, and they know they're lying to God. Yeah. They haven't repented really of, of their drunkenness. No. Right? They just... They, they, They've they regretted hate. it in the moment. Yes. They, yeah. And what they're saying is, I went too far. Yes. Not that what I was doing was wrong and offense against God and detestable in his sight, and I need to give this up and repent and run to Jesus, but I took this too far. I'm stupid. God, I screwed up. Get me out of this. I won't do it as bad next time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we, we as a people 
are are fickle. But God is not. Mm-mm. God is not. So when we sit there and we do things like that, he knows us. And how foolish are we to think that he's as fickle as we are in those moments? Yeah, yeah. Like he'll believe our lies. Yeah. So I, I just, it, it's it's things like that that I think most of the world prays in that manner. I think most of the world prays, they know they're lying to God, but they want something. Well, it's here, it's now, and it's surface deep. And I can't repent. Mm-mm. I can't repent, right? I mean, um, or I won't repent. Yeah. And, well, and the, people the use God society. as an excuse, too. Well, this is just how God made me. This is how God, oh, my goodness. And, and really what they're saying is my wants, my desires are the highest good. And no matter what wrong that I may do or offense, I'm not accepting responsibility for Look, it. Look, you can, all right, all right. So let's go to um, the argument between, or it wasn't an argument. It was uh, Rand Paul and the transgender secretary, assistant secretary of health. Of health. Yeah. Right. And we've, we've, we've ragged on this dude before and, and, and probably took it too far. But the truth is, Rand Paul asked him a legitimate question of about the the mutilation of children mm. for the purpose of transgenderism, and this person would not answer because they believe that the highest good is what their her, his his desire is. Mm-hmm. His desire is to see transgenderism. Um, Un, 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 uh, what is it called? Uh, stereo, not stereotype. Um, it's taboo. It's taboo. Transgenderism is still fairly taboo. Normalized? Well, he wants to see it normalized. Mm-hmm. Right? None of those words that I just used were the original thought, but it, <laughs> it does, it paints the same picture. Yeah. And, and so you do that with children. Mm stigmatize stigmatize okay. he wants to unstigmatize transgenderism by mutilating children ram paul argues against him he says well if i get uh nominated for this uh i'll sit down in your office and have this discussion the truth is he's done made up his mind he's done made up his mind and he knows that to destigmatize transgenderism you have to have transgender children. Mm. So same same thing with the gays, with homosexuality. Wow, I'm just they're having in in their in their battle uh-huh. for for what they believe in. Yes, they've got a big picture in view. Yes, they're not just looking at here and now. No, 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 they're no, no, looking no, no, at, no. Yeah, they're and they're looking at um, getting a hold of the children because. The children is that's the next generation that's coming up too. Exactly. If you can get them. Exactly. Yeah. So they know that they need to destigmatize it. Or he his his belief is that what he's doing is good, mm-hmm. proper, and needs to be destigmatized. So what he does is he fights for the rights quote unquote 
rights that don't exist that aren't in the constitution are not that are that not only are they not rights in scripture they go against god mm, yep right they he pushes for those type of things because he is his own highest authority that's right he is his own highest authority there is no higher authority than self that's why that's why when you're watching YouTube and TikTok and all that other stuff, when you see somebody sitting and they're just crying, and you know why? It, it, they have authority because they feel more. Mm. They feel more. Therefore, if they feel so strongly about this, then they must be high authority in this because they are the uh, self is the highest authority. And they don't have to make logical arguments they have to make emotional arguments right and i was listening to uh backstage with um oh shoot the daily wire guys and one of the things that they were saying is and i still don't know if i entirely agree with this or not but that um we are to be fighting with the 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 weapons that they have put on the battlefield mm. right so what I mean by that is emotionalism is is how you argue for a for for these people, right? Right. We should are we, we should make emotional arguments. Once we get them into that place, um once we get them leaning our way, then you can lay out the the intellectual arguments. But to get them so far, you need to get to start off with the emotional arguments. So conservatism needs to start off with the because that's the weapon that, that they've thrown on the field. Mm. And if we don't pick up that weapon, we're gonna we're gonna die. That that's kind of the way they were looking at things. Now, as a Christian, which you know, I think I think out of those guys, the only one that might actually be a Christian is uh uh uh. Well, anyways, that no, that's not important. But um, as a Christian, I would say we have higher weapons, is right? Okay, we have higher weapons. I get what they're saying, and I'm not saying that they're wrong necessarily. But we have higher weapons. One of those, probably the primary one of those, is prayer. Mm. Is prayer. But when we pray one time, right? We pray, yeah. dear Heavenly Father, will you do this? All right, I did it. He'll either do it or he won't, mm -hmm. right? Or we pray uh, uh, without persistence, when we pray without faith. There again, James says that when you pray and think, when you pray for something and then say that he's in the back of your mind, you're saying that he's not going to do it. You're like a wave tossed to and fro. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not you're not right. a stable person. You have no legs to stand on. Have you ever been in a boat being tossed around by waves? Yeah, it is hard to walk around. It is. It is hard to walk around. You you have no legs to stand on in that. So you have to be confident in your prayers, not confident that that God's going to just do what you say. But confidence that God's will 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 occur. Yeah, like you said, not maybe not confidence that you're going to get exactly what. It's not. I'm such a great prayer that God has to give me what I desire. It's God is such a great God that His sovereign will 
or his his providence will 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 his providence is above my want. And here you go. Here you go. Um whenever you pray, you don't have the confidence that God is going to answer your prayer the way you see fit. But God is going to hear your prayer. He will answer it in the way he sees fit. And if you are a true child of God's, you know that is yeah. for the best. Yeah. And you have no problem um, submitting to that. Yeah. All right, so let's let's jump to another example, right? Something else we, as Christians, be praying for our country, right? Be praying for our country, be praying for our culture, be praying for revival, be praying for these things. These are all right. good things that God, um, me personally, I believe he'll either accomplish or he'll come back first. Mm-hmm. But um, that be praying for those type of things be raising your children for those type of things you'll say i don't see it i don't see how well it doesn't matter if you see how the jews didn't see how the messiah was going to arrive mm. they had all the scripture they had everything and they just did not see how god the messiah was going to arrive and yet he did and he saved he saved thousands upon thousands and millions upon millions of people mm-hmm we don't know how God's going to do things. I don't know how God can bring revival to this country, but I know he can. I know, um, and you say, well, how do you know that, that revival is in God's will? Because God, God desires to see people saved. Right. God desires to see people saved. And so uh, our desire is to see people saved. His command was to go make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of the nations that you're in right now. That doesn't. That's not just a foreign missionary thing. Mm-hmm. That's we need to be make, making disciples where we are now, right. right? So, if Christians start having that mentality of we need to start making disciples instead of we just need to start protecting the culture, yeah, right. We're going to be in better shoes. We're going to be in a better place, and and it may be ten to ten hundred mm-hmm. years. He may come back first. I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and tell him that he has to come back first. That's the issue that I'm seeing with a lot of people. They're saying that he that that there's no way to change this and that he has to come back first. What I'm saying is I don't know if he's going to come back first, but I'm praying that 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 his will is done. That he um he that, that and that America will be a disciple nation to him. A yeah, nation of disciples to him. When, whenever you're just sitting there gazing into the heavens, waiting for him to return, not being active, yeah, you are missing out on all the blessings that he has for you to be active. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. 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 I mean, we so be praying for these things. Yeah, there there may be some crazy stuff going on now, but there was some crazy stuff that happened in Israel that got reversed. Yeah. Right? We need to look at the bigger picture. That being said, there's another example of a of a pastor in Canada named uh James Coates. Yep. That's and him. James Coates was arrested in his church. I think they did wait until after the service, but he was arrested in his church. They said, Look, we won't arrest you if well, you'll technically be arrested, but we'll we'll release you 
Yep. If you promise not to teach, not to pat, not to preach on Sundays anymore, and he says, "Can't do that. I can't do that." Just like the guys in Acts. Just like the guys in Acts. And so now he's sitting in a jail cell for for months, from what I understand. I can't remember the the date of it's his trial. Some, it's sometime in May. So the last I've heard. All right, so he's there till May. But whenever they arrested this guy, they they cuffed him and put him in ankle cuffs. Yeah, because he's a dangerous man for preaching the gospel. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. You're kind of laughing. I imagine other people are laughing. The world knows how dangerous exactly. he is because he wields the word of God. Yeah, sometimes Christians forget how dangerous that the gospel is, and even our God is. Absolutely. Because we see things going on, and we think that God's just kind of sitting by us. Like, is Absolutely. he not going to act? I've got Psalm 2 pulled up. I want to read the first three um, verses. And goat it head. says, um, don't be calling me goat head. But <laughs> why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings, of, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his annoying saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Ha 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 ha. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify him in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Yeah. I'm going to go on. <laughs> this is good. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all. All who take refuge in him. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Look, man. Blessed are all of those who take refuge in him. That's right. That's 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 I, James Coates. That's yeah. that's us who belong to yeah. him. No matter how things look, yeah. we have refuge in the Lord. For preaching the gospel. You know why? I and I'll, I'll continue to go back to this Christians don't understand how potent the gospel is the world does mm -hmm. the enemy has been around for a long time I'm not talking about individuals I'm talking about the enemy and he has seen the gospel conquer lands he has seen the gospel transform people he knows how powerful the gospel is. Mm -hmm. So the people who are serving him, they don't quite understand it, but they fear us. Yeah. They fear us. I, I, I've said this. I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not, but I know I've said it in the pulpit. Rush Limbaugh made a comment that before he died that, um, That that the only way he could see America not going into war is that if we separate. And a lady responded to that. A lady, uh, you know, I don't want to say reporter, but a um, columnist type okay. person. You know, I wish I could remember all this stuff off the top of my head. But write something back to the extent of they just want a United States of Jesus Christ. 
Mm. Well, first of all, the majority of conservatives probably aren't Christians. Yeah. So that probably wouldn't happen. Second of all, her fear is not anything other than she's afraid that there would be a country out there that brought glory to God. Mm-hmm. She don't know why she's afraid of that. There's no evidence of it. Let, let's be honest. In our lifetimes, there's no evidence of that. Right. But at the same time, she's scared to death because the enemy knows how potent and strong the gospel is and how our God, the king, can wield it. What we're saying is that as Christians, when it comes to people like James Coates, a brother in the faith who got arrested for preaching the gospel, we, at a very minimum, can be praying for him. And when I say very minimum, I mean it, it doesn't take money. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. It should take time, maybe. But for us to hit our needs and say, here's a brother in trouble. Yep. He's in you know, he's not, he may not be in your neighborhood, but he is in your realm in the sense of Western, you know, uh, the Americas, that kind of thing. And we can be praying for him. Mm-hmm. We can be praying for him. And the gospel is what unites us. That, like yeah. you said, that is our brother. And he is suffering affliction right now. And it's not just him. That's that's a church body that has had their yeah. pastor get locked up. Do you think that might have caused any sort of fear for them and for yeah. them to be faithful to still show and up? And you said somebody has taken too. over his preaching, too. Yeah, it's like somebody God stepped bless up. that guy, yeah. right, who's seen their pastor arrested, and, and yet he it, still stepped up. And if he's arrested, whoever's next in line, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we can be uh, petitioning God to step in and just be glorified in all this. Pray for yeah. strength, for boldness, for them that are being arrested, for the family members. God's broken people out of jail before, but even if that's not what he does here, we can still be praying for for his release. We can be praying for God's glorification. We can be praying for that no matter what the situation is, that God is glorified through these people. Who are going? Who are fighting this particular battle? Well, you know, um, time has shown us that whenever persecution comes, the church thrives. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like you said, this might be a purging. This might be a pruning of sorts. Yeah. Um, that means that the church could be getting ready to thrive. All we have to do is stay faithful. Yep. Yep. And obedient. And, and- my encouragement for anyone listening is not to have the attitude of, oh, no, everything, you know, um, everything looks so bad. Let, uh, you know, the Lord come, Lord come. Let, you know, we, we, and, and don't, take a, don't, don't take it wrong that we don't want to see Lord Jesus Christ return. That's not the case. What we're saying is it's been 2,000 years. That hasn't been his will yet to return. And... We're saying instead of wasting what little bit of time, what blip of, what blip that we serve in the universe, the time that we serve in the universe, instead of wasting it, just saying that, yeah, God told us to do all this, but we think he's returning now. 
So we're just going to sit on our hands. Then let's be fighting those battles. That's right. Let's be going to war with the enemy mm-hmm. because he's coming to war. To, he's bringing the war to us if we like it or not. And if you're truly faithful to God, you will be faithful. He'll he, the Holy Spirit will sustain you so that you can be faithful. War's coming regardless. You can either get up and get in the battle, or you're sitting on the sidelines watching. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, prayer is a major part of that war. Prayer is a major part. Oh, yeah. Knowing your scripture mm-hmm. and praying are your two best weapons in all this. That's right. And so there's a lot that those things kind of allow you to do other things, right? Mm-hmm. So that whenever you're at your work, you're working for the glory of God. You're fighting those battles in your job. So that whenever you're doing um, uh, raising your kids, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big, that's a big yeah. one. That you could be doing that for the glory of God. Think about if 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 you didn't pray for your children. You love them, you know, but you're really not praying for them, man. That's heartbreaking. Well, you have people like this uh, assistant secretary of health that are trying to pass agendas that would be yeah. brought into yeah. public schools eventually too. Every kid, every kid has dressed like the other gender. They know that. Mm-hmm. What they would do is they would put it into a shrink's hands where the shrink can say, oh, you struggle with this, and put a label on your kid that they could that, that would allow the government to take over your children. Right. Right. You just struggle with, with, with dysphoria. Not, not, they don't even call it dysphoria anymore. That, that was an honest labeling. But you struggle with, with uh, you're actually transgender. You're actually transgender. I don't really feel like a girl. Didn't you dress up in a dress one time? Yeah, you're transgender. You're just struggling with it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and encouraging small children to come out. It's it's sickening. It's yeah. sickening. It's and yet, disgusting. And, and 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 yet, we don't think that prayer works. Maybe it's because we don't think prayer works that we're in this situation. Mm. So uh, yeah. we're running low on time. So I think we ought to wrap this up here soon. But. The truth is, Christ is king. He's sitting on his throne. And for us to, he's told us to pray. And for us to not pray in the way that scripture commands us to pray is a direct disobedient order from the king. Hmm is a direct disobedient order from the king. And you don't disobey the king, period. But you really don't disobey the king in the midst of battle. Right. So, And in Second Chronicles 7.14, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Mm. Mm. So, but, okay. So that particular scripture, that's talking to a particular people. Mm-hmm. But we've seen God be faithful to those words right. before outside of Israel. Right. Outside of Israel. Nations that bring glory to God tend to be more prosperous mm-hmm. and have more technologically advancements, that kind of stuff. So um, we would say, you know, don't take that as a personal promise to you right but know that god god works that way 
God works that way. That's a principle that you can follow. That's not a direct promise to you, but it is a principle that mm. you can follow. I think that's the yeah. best way to say that. So, um, Read it again, and then we'll close out. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You can't close it out no better than Scripture. All right, so, Yeti, Yo. how can they find us? Oh, they can find us by going to our website. That's www.bigfootrevival.com. Whenever you go there, you'll find links to all of our social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the likes. You also find all of our old podcasts archived there, as well as some thought-provoking blogs. So check them all out, as well as you can email us to give us any sort of feedback or thoughts or whatever you may have at bigfootrevival at gmail.com. Remember, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Hey, Yeti! Yo! Guess what? What up? We out. Deuces.